0: News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio. Where you want it, when you want it. Good morning, Saskatchewan,
1: and welcome this beautiful Thanksgiving weekend. And you're listening to Garden Talk here with Rick Van Daberdijk. I'd like you to be able to call me or text me at 1-877-332-8255. That's 1-877-332-8255. Yeah, it's been a, a gorgeous weekend. Uh, we have—I uh, was this yesterday. I spent the day with my father, and we um, we spent a time at the Legend um, Car Show over in Warman, and we had a great time. It was a beautiful day, just to be able to sit out there and and uh, and just be able to see people and talk to people about vehicles. And was with my my father and his old 1953 truck that he had. My mother and father bought brand new in in 1953 to start Dutch growers, and so it was just it was just fun to watch him show off the truck and uh, and talk about how he got his driver's license on that in that truck when he first came to Canada, and being not able to drive at all. He never drove a vehicle before, and uh, and the story he likes t- telling the best is about uh, him. Um, Going to the dealership here in Saskatoon and, uh, and going to get a truck and saying, I need a truck because I need to, to start my business here and, uh, the garden center and, but I don't know how to drive. So he got the salesman to drive him around downtown Saskatoon for about an hour. And then after that, the salesman t- took him down to the, what we'd be called the SGI of back then and got his license, went back and signed the rest of the papers and took the truck home. So it's kind of a, a fun story and he has fun telling that story. And uh, But you know what we 're very thankful that uh, that uh, being this Thanksgiving weekend we have a lot to be thankful for um, being in this country that we 're in and and all the different things that we all have different um, different stripes that we we believe in and and but it 's just thankful that we can be in a country that we are that we can have the freedoms that we have and and uh, to be able to do the things we have uh knowing so many different things in different parts of the country we're just not that thankful so um so yeah this this is the time of the year we can we can be thankful that we got the harvest in we got the garden in and we might still have some uh, potatoes and carrots in the ground uh, i would suggest that this week uh, looking at the weather we may want to put a tarp over top of that because we're saying minus three to minus four around saskatchewan uh for the, for this week here and so we could get some places where you might get a little bit colder than that. I always say if it's going to go below minus five, then you want to make sure that that's when the frost can start penetrating the ground. So then I like putting a tarp over top of my potatoes or carrots because I like to eat them in the ground just as long as I can. And that way um, uh, they, they stay fresher uh, in the ground as long as you can. So then you can... Um, sometimes I've, there's been a bit of snow on the ground, and then roll the tarp back, and it's still dry underneath the tarp, and I can still dig, and, and that works really well. So there's lots of things you can do with that. Is getting getting cleaned up. Uh, this year, this week is is a good time to get clean up. Now they're talking about like I said in Saskatoon, Regina, all across the province, you're looking at anywhere from uh, minus three to minus four. So uh, like if you're like me, I still haven't turned the sprinklers off, especially around the garden center, but we have covered up the, all the manifolds and the valves and those kind of things with, the, with, with tarps and that, so uh, insulated tarps, so one thing you can do that. Or maybe it's time to today to get out that old compressor and uh, get those sprinklers blown out so that we don't have any broken manifolds uh... the sprinklers in the ground will still be a fine but it's the it's the manifolds hanging on the wall that you have to worry about uh... splitting so at least if you if you want to not be able to cover them up you may want to just think about uh even just turning the water off in the basement and then cracking those valves and letting those valves drain out a bit and that'll help them um, to be able to uh, not freeze. So we have some callers in the line, so why don't we go right to some callers here. We have, uh, thank you, Barb uh, from Moose Jaw. Good morning, Barb. How are you today?
2: Good Good morning, Rick. I'm phoning concerning my money tree. I have some leaves, occasional leaves that turn yellow and fall off. And, uh, I can't see any little bugs on them or anything. I don't know what's happening with it.
1: Okay. There's three things that could happen. One is mo- moisture. Okay. So make sure that you can stick your finger in almost into the soil, almost all the way into the soil, depending on the size of pot. Okay. If it's in a little uh-huh. four inch pot, about half, half up to the first knuckle. But if it's in a bigger pot, then, you know, almost all the way, your index finger in. If you still feel moisture, don't water it. Okay. So don't overwater uh-huh. it. Uh, or it could, and, but if you feel it's really dry, then you need to water so the water goes right through the bottom of the pot. Number yeah. number yeah. two, number two is light. Okay, making sure it's, it doesn't have to have direct sunlight, but it has to have bright light. Okay, so that's a big thing. So if it's in a north-facing room, you might have to move it closer to the window. If it's south-facing, you want to, get a, you want to have it place It doesn't have to be in direct sunlight, but where you have lots of sunlight. I've even had mine in direct sunlight and as well. And the third thing is making sure that in the in the wintertime, about every fourth or fifth watering, that you give it some fertilizer. Okay?
2: Oh, okay. I had read where there is some sticky... Substance on some of the leaves on the back, and that's quite natural for them.
1: Yep, that that's natural. They sometimes just excrete a little bit of sap, right? Or it could okay, mean you have yes. spider mite or mealybug, Okay, that's another thing that they could have. But you you said that you didn't have any, you didn't see any insects. I or...
2: haven't been able to to see any of that. And in the spring, I'd had uh, some little white spots all on the back of the leaves, and so I took it in and I gave it a real good wash with the uh, insecticidal soap.
1: Yep. Yeah, so and, uh,
2: that seems to be fine now. There's none of that there, and there's no holes in the leaves or anything. Okay. So, so just make yeah. sure
1: you got bright light. Doesn't have to be direct sunlight, but bright light. And then also make sure that you uh, every fourth or fifth watering, uh, just hit it with some fertilizer. Even what works really good in the winter time is using the alfalfa pellet tea. Okay, or even yes, that, and because sure, it just gives all those other. All those other micronutrients that it has is just huge for that plant to keep up its immunity, okay, against diseases okay. or even build up immunity for to, to be able to combat even insects. Okay,
2: okay, very good. Then have a great day. Thank you, thank
1: you. Now we have uh, Dennis and Beachy. Good morning, Dennis.
0: Yes, um, just we we've, we've got two types of lawn here that we try to care for. Yes, one is uh, a backyard lawn. And it's got lots of trees around it. Yep. And uh, then we have a front lawn. It would represent more like an acreage lawn okay. and uh, exposed to the wind. Yes. And uh, kind of curious, what? I just feel would it be wise to keep the grass taller for more insulation?
1: Well, for the winter time, I like to not. I like keep it taller, but not really tall. Okay, because if it gets too tall, it will lodge. Okay, it will full, go flat. And then when uh-huh. it gets flat, then all of a sudden you're going to get a lot of molds in the spring, okay, underneath the snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I like basically keep it around, in the in the boat, inch and three quarters to two inches long, okay, for the okay. wintertime. And especially your acreage type lawn. one out in the front that's that's. Don't 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 scalp that down too low because otherwise, uh especially if you get wind blowing areas like you would have in acreages, and then you don't get the the protection on the plant. So just leave it a little bit longer, and it'll do a lot better there.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm I'm. I just feel that maybe the soil temperatures, like most winters, there'll be bare patches where it has no snow cover, or maybe just let's say. The height of the grass that's left cut. Yep. Yeah. Just you know, two inches.
1: Yeah. Just leave it longer. It'll catch more snow and it'll also protect it. So just, just don't got it, don't cut it an inch or shorter. Like keep it at least in the, in the, around the close to the two inches. And in the summertime, even go as high as three inches for those, especially those acreage areas. Okay. That's very okay. important.
0: So in the summertime, well, what's the advantage of going to three inch
1: uh, Just keep the moisture in so it doesn't dry it out so much. I leave mine at least three inches all the time on my acreage. And I got really sandy soil. And it just does, okay. the, the grass does way better. Just put your lawnmower, set it to a three inches tall, tall, and then, uh, you'll have, your grass will be stay greener longer. It won't dry out so quick and just be a lot better. Okay. Well, that, that ends up this segment already. I'm Vic, Rick Van Dyke, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CCOM and 980 CJME. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Uh Welcome to Garden Talk, and we'd like to join us here on the text line or the calls, and give us a call at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We've got a bunch of calls on the line, so let's get right at it here. Paul in Saskatoon. Good morning, Paul.
0: Morning, Rick. Um, I called you a couple of weeks ago about uh, emptying my water barrels. Uh, Is it time I can do that?
1: Absolutely. Now we're talking about some minus threes, minus fours, maybe in some areas might even be minus six, minus sevens, so in in some places, in low-lying areas. So now, yeah, it's time to get rid of... Time to get rid of those those water barrels and uh and that was a great time to actually because i had some people in the text ask me when do i give my last watering so usually after the second week in october that's when i like to give one just before i'm going to shut my water right down is that i want to take the the water from the rain barrels or or water from the tap before you shut down and and give all your plants one last good watering and unless the trees trees too unless it's really wet like I, i still like to probe the soil uh this time of the year and if they're really moist just leave them they don't need it extra in moisture but if they're dry now it's time to use that water to uh either water the shrubs especially the 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 conifers the evergreens the junipers the cedars uh, the spruce trees those kind of things uh use that water to to give them one last good watering. that'd be perfect right now perfect
0: um you were saying uh carrots Potatoes. What about beets? Should I pull them out, or can I leave them in there for a little while longer?
1: If you tarp them, you know, so that otherwise, you'll the beets won't won't, uh, last as quite as long in the ground if if, if the temperature goes down. But if you put a tarp over top them, absolutely, they'll last a little bit longer. But if it starts going below minus five to minus six at night, then you got to start thinking about. um, uh, especially minus 10, then the ground will start to freeze, then it's time to dig them up. So, but otherwise throw a piece of tarp over top of them and, uh, that'll, that'll give you, it'll extend it. Looks standard. Cause we're only talking about this week here. We're talking about, uh, minus threes, minus fours, but then the following week, we're supposed to be like 14 to 15 to 16 degrees with, with, uh, still about, you know, m- plus one, plus two degrees the following week. So, uh, we got some time yet.
0: Oh, perfect.
1: Thanks so much for your have a great day um so let's go to here um let's go to yusuf in saskatoon good morning how are you today
0: good, good morning Greg. Uh, i have a, two questions but i think you partially answered them yes uh, still we water the grass and the i have one evergreen uh, uh, tree
1: yeah so with the evergreen tree just probe the soil i like using that piece of rebar probe the soil at least 12 inches down if it's moist if it's if it's fairly moist just don't you don't need to add more water, but if it's dry and I have a feeling around those big spruce trees and that it's gonna be pretty dry give them a good watering around them and that that'll sustain them for the winter time and uh and you also had some strawberries you said right yeah how about the grass if, uh, stop uh, yeah, you, watering you can give the grass one last watering as well before you turn the sprinklers off and then okay. this then you can be, then you can blow the sprinklers out for sure.
0: Yeah, and I have 10 strawberry plants. Yes. Uh, The last uh, uh, two weeks, they are growing very
1: nice. So what (laughs) to do with them? Yeah. because we had such warm weather, uh, so the best thing to do is, is that one thing I, I'm, fr- I'm afraid for the strawberries is that they're, they're not getting ready. So hopefully this, these minus temperatures we're going to have this week will start getting ready to shut down. And then what I suggest you do is collect some leaves or some mulch or some peat moss. And I would suggest uh, in another week or so, put a mulch cover over top of those strawberries just to protect them. Some people put straw. I don't like straw because it, is, it usually straw attracts mice. So that's what you have to worry about that so just give them a good covering and they'll be ready to go for the next season we also have now we have uh, marcy in saskatoon good morning marcy
2: uh, good morning my my question rick is um is it too late yet in uh the season right now to do aeration for my lawn uh you, and yep. oh sorry go ahead and my other question is um, I had put a uh, fertilizer on my lawn in late August, thinking that was my fall fertilizer yep. but i 'm wondering if i if I do aerate, should I be applying another later like should I be applying another fertilizer
1: no if you, you put it on late late August like toward the end of the, the last week in August then you 're fine for this year you don 't need to add more fertilizer okay uh, aerating you still can aerate uh, i i 'm a little bit careful about aerating too too late yet um, mm-hmm. The only reason why is because your those plugs don't get time to close up, okay, and then when they don't get to close up, then you you're letting the frost go down deeper into the soil, okay, okay. and so that's why now I suggest if you're gonna do that aeration, just wait till the spring, okay, Okay. and that'll that'll be better for the lawn altogether.
2: So going forward next year, um, what time really should a person be looking at doing aeration normally, on yeah. a normal basis?
1: Well, normally I'd only do it if I have compaction, okay? So if I have a high traffic areas in your lawn, or, mm-hmm. you know, if you haven't, you don't actually have to do aeration actually every year if you've got a grass that you don't, you know, you don't have a lot of traffic on. Um, but, you know, if you've got areas where you're grass where you've got lots of a pathway that goes through or like in sports fields or golf courses, they do it quite often because there's always traffic on them, right? And right. so uh, it, I would suggest if you, by the September long weekend would be the last time I would I would aerate if I'm going to do it in the fall. Otherwise, okay. I would do it in the spring. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And we have here Lan- Lana from Eagle Lake. Good morning, Lana. Hey, how are you doing? Very good.
2: Awesome. So I want to winter my oregano plant that was left in the garden. Yes. And I see it did get froze last night. Yep. So when do I cover it with protection, like put a lot of leaves on it or whatnot to protect it?
1: Well, if it's, if it's, if it froze over, you can do that anytime now. Okay. If if the plant's all brown, then you could do it anytime.
2: Okay. Well, it just got froze last night. So you know, it gets that green that you can see it's kind of translucent. Kind of translucent. Yeah.
1: So you, you so. could do it any time. I mean, right now, I mean, the temperatures aren't too bad if you wanted to. Uh, if you wanted to just protect it a bit right now, you could actually minus 2, minus 3, minus 4. Uh, is not going to freeze the roots out yet, okay, because the ground is still warm. Yep. So, uh, so you're, you're probably good to cover it in, in probably the end of next week is when I uh, start mulching it really heavy.
2: That applied the same to strawberries?
1: Same as strawberries, yep. Can
2: I ask you one more question? Yes, go ahead. So I planted these little baby fir trees this year, 23 of them, and and I've been watering them consistently about every week because they were where other trees are trying to drink their moisture too. So I have to make sure that they're fairly moist to go into the winter. And then I also put around these little trees, I have these empty, empty white bee supers. Okay, yep. That, is that a good thing or yep, a bad thing? That's to perfect do?
1: thing. That'll keep the sun from reflecting on onto the plant themselves. Okay. Now, okay. one thing got to watch for is that if they're open on the top, the, the bee supers are open on the top, right? Yes. And so then, if they're white, if you're painted white on the inside, you do get some reflection of the white onto the plant off the off the wood. Okay. So that's is that one. A good thing? That's not a good thing. But at least your top is open. But I don't. I don't like the the part where it's white on the inside, where you get it's just like having up against a fence where you get the sun reflecting off of them. Okay, and then okay. they could get some winter burn on them.
2: Okay, well so, they're old bee supers. because an, I'm an old beekeeper. So they're not yep. white on the inside. You oh, know, so they're kind of.
1: Then the, that'd be perfect. One Absolutely. more thing. Yep.
2: Do I put any mulch, any leaves around these trees and these bee boxes? No,
1: no. Just let them fill up with snow, and they'll be fine. Perfect. Yeah. Thank oh, you so you're, much. You're welcome.
2: Appreciate your show.
1: Happy Thanksgiving. You too. We also have also had other some text calls here. Says, is it too late to fertilize the lawn yet? So, no, if you haven't fertilized the lawn yet, no, you still can put that fertilizer. As long as you haven't turned your water off, because you need to water that fertilizer in. Uh, so that's very important. And uh, also another question here on the text line is, um, from Avery and Regina. Should I mulch my strawberries? Yes, I suggest mulching the strawberries, but it's a little bit early yet. You can, like I was talking earlier in the last caller, is that just do that around, uh, around the the third weekend of October. So you got about other, wait till the end of the following week, then you can start mulching them. Then that'll work good. Um, here another question: Do I? When's the best time to add gypsum to clay soil? It's rock hard now, so adding gypsum, you can basically add gypsum any time. And uh, now, if you if your garden's all harvested now, you can add some gypsum, or even if it's really hard, add some cedar bark mulch, bark mulch. Okay, not chips, but bark mulch with the gypsum, and then you'll be able next year. You just go be able to go and pick the, the weeds out of the garden with no problem. Well, here we are to our, our, our break coming up. We're going to listen to the news. I'm Rick Van Damendijk and you're listening to Garden Talk on 6:50 and 980 CJME. Good morning Saskatchewan and welcome to Garden Talk uh, I want you to join me here at 877 332 8255 that's 877 332 8255 and you can join me either live on a phone call or you can give me a text so Thanksgiving weekend. I hope that you, uh, you're, a lot of you be able to, be able to enjoy the fruits of your, of your harvest. And, uh, yes, last night we were able to have some, some fresh beets and some, fresh potatoes and fresh carrots and, and there's beans and peas and, and corn. And so it was, it was a, it was a great supper to have together, especially with my, my mother and father. And, uh, and so we had a good time together and joined that time. Uh, to have all those fresh vegetables that we had from the garden. So it was um, uh, nothing like having fresh beets from the garden and uh, fresh potatoes, and especially the fresh, I love the fresh carrots. So um, it seems like especially when you, you get them out of the ground this time of the year, they're just, they're just so sweet and they just t- taste really great. So I have a, so a caller on the uh, a text line here, and um, one question is Ted in Regina Beach. He said he had a question about grass seed uh, he wants to put close to a fir tree. Now, grass seed, that's a good question because people ask me, can I still seed my grass? And and I would tell people, no, don't seed your grass right now. If you want to seed it in the fall, seed it in about another week, week and a half from now when the, when you make sure that we're not going to get some, you know, t- above 20 degree temperatures where it won't germinate. I like to seed in the fall right now, this time of the year, where the seed will sit there and then sprout up first thing in the spring. So just just wait another week or so yet and you can put that seed in. But uh, the question he, Ted had here is that, uh, where, where can I put um, close to a fir tree? So one problem you have with planting seed next to a fir tree, underneath the fir tree, I, I get lots of questions like that because the grass doesn't want to grow underneath there. Now you have to remember why the grass doesn't want to grow underneath the fir tree, and there's there's three main reasons. Number one, the biggest one, is it's too dry. You can imagine a 30-foot spruce tree with as big needles and it's 30 degrees out how much those plants suck up moisture. So if you plant some flowers or put some new soil underneath there and you plant some perennials in it or even put grass seed in there and you start fertilizing it, the spruce trees are going to say, oh, thank you very much and, uh, and all the extra moisture you put in there, I'm just going to throw more roots at that area and it's just going to choke out the grass. So what I suggest in those areas there is uh, because underneath the spruce tree is also less light so the plants have can't really grow as well underneath there especially uh, especially grass seeds so if you want to try putting grass seed underneath there use a shade blend of grass seed because a lot of fescues they can take more of a drought type of area rather than the, the Kentucky blues, which can't, and so you can try that, but I suggest if you've got an area underneath the spruce tree, is just uh, just put mulch underneath there, and then put a container, and put some flowers in the container, and just call it done for the day, and uh, you'll have a lot less problems, because I know lots of people, I've, I've I've gone into spots where I've planted a juniper in that area, and then a few years later, the juniper just started declining. And just dig, trying to dig out that juniper, the spruce roots just grew right into the root system of that juniper, and it just didn't didn't have a chance. Uh, so I suggest just mulch area, put a couple few containers with some flowers, maybe underneath the shade there, put some begonias or some impatiens, and then call it a day, and it looks really good. We're gonna go to Emma here in Regina. Good morning, Emma. Happy Thanksgiving.
3: Happy Thanksgiving, too.
1: <laughs> you have a question?
3: Yeah, um, so I have a few orchids in my bathroom, and the one orchid, um, the roots are shriveling up and um, kind of cutting themselves off, Okay. and its I have to prop it up on the wall, because if it's not, then it kind of almost wants to fall right out of the pot, so I was just wondering um, what I can do for that. There is one really nice root, but it's growing up instead of down so it's not really helping in green
1: so, so these roots that you're seeing they're all at the top of the pot sticking out into the air is that correct Yes. okay so is the is the orchid blooming right now no okay so now is a great time to transplant that orchid okay, okay. So you, you need to go in a, into a different size pot okay so you want to but you need to find an orchid pot which is important. Okay. You can't just put it into a regular pot. Orchid pots have a bigger holes at the base of the pot so that it can breathe. Because remember, one thing about orchids is that normally they live on the in, on the bark or on the crotches of trees. Okay. Yeah. and so where there's just leaves uh debris and sticks and everything else growing in there so the, they're really more like an air root with some bark around them to keep them moist okay so okay. when you plant them take, when you take them to your sink and then you what you want to do is you take, pull them out of the pot and then you want to wash all that soil out there try to not break up the roots okay just wash all any kind of soil most soil that your your um your Orchids will have, what you bought from the store, have a, have a moss in them, okay? And that's only to keep them for transportation, those kind of things. What they really like to go on is get get yourself a, a, an orchid mix, which is more of a bark mix, okay? Okay. And so then what you want to take all that moss soil off of there, and then you want to carefully plant transplant all those roots into uh, a bark mix and a little bit bigger pot. And then you'll find out. You'll watch within probably about three weeks after that, you'll see your your orchid want to start blooming again. It'll, it'll oh, do okay. it'll do way better. And then, uh, but yeah, your 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 orchid has grown, out lived its its space right now, and you just need to transplant it.
3: Okay, perfect. Okay. And then um, that way it'll start blooming again uh, as well because my other one has been dormant pretty yep. uh, for a pretty long time. No, nope,
1: both of them. Transplant them and you'll see probably in about three to four weeks you'll see them start blooming again. So make sure you awesome. also start adding some fertilizer, use some orchid fertilizer, and they'll do really okay. well. Okay.
3: Um, so the fertilizer that I've used before, it's like a spray. Um, is that the right type? The sp- it kind of seemed like it was drying it out.
1: Yeah, the spray is okay for the leaves, but you need to put a, 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 in your, mix it in your water. And then when you water your plant, also into the, into the bark mulch of, the, of your plant, okay? It's important oh, okay. as well, so do both. Perfect. Okay, you're welcome.
3: Okay. Have a great Thanks day. Thanks so much.
1: We have here uh, Elaine in Spring Valley. Good morning, Elaine.
2: Hi, Rick. Thanks for taking my call. Rick, we have a couple of old evergreens here uh that are over 40 years old, and they haven't had rain now since we had
0: that couple of weeks in in uh, august yep. but we have uh some rainwater in tanks and we're wondering if if it's too soon to pump that rainwater on onto those trees now
1: no anytime now anytime now because right now with the, with the way the, the temperatures are going right now we're we're not going to be up and it looks like we're not going to be up to the 20s anymore we're going to be around the 14 15s okay. and so anytime
0: ta- like frost here at the farm one last
1: night. Yeah, and you're gonna get a couple of really good frosts here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So oh, uh, so anytime now you can start you can start putting that water there perfectly. Okay. Sounds good. Thank
0: you. Have, Have a great a happy Thanksgiving.
1: Thank you for Thanksgiving. Um Ian in Saskatoon. Good morning, Ian.
0: Hi Rick, um, I have my wife listening in the background here because it's her plants I'm calling about. Okay. I sent you a couple of pictures. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at them. No,
1: I can't, succul- I can't. I can't see pictures here. You have to send it to my email, Rick at if you want me to look at oh, that way. Okay. okay? Well,
0: my wife, our son gave my wife three succulents. Yes. And we've had them outdoors all summer. Yes. And we've put them in the garage every night except last night. Yep. So I don't know if they'll do those if you bring them in and when you bring those in do they bring little bugs like other plants
1: absolutely absolutely so you'll still need to you'll still need to hit them with some endol or some insecticidal soap and i suggest you hit them at least two times to ten days apart okay so don't bring them into the house until you get rid of all those because you're going to get little spider mites and succulents especially mealy bugs will be in there sometimes you'll get aphids in the succulents but mealy bugs is a bad one that you can get in the succulents so you have to watch for that
0: Okay, so you
1: said endol? Endol, which is a, which is a canola oil, uh, insecticidal soap, and a little bit of pyrethrin all mixed together, and it works really well for that kind of thing.
0: Okay,
1: and then the other one you said? Uh, just, just insecticidal soap. So use something okay. like, a, even, you can even use a, ones called Safer's uh, 3 in 1, which is insecticidal soap, and it has a little bit of sulfur fungicide in there too, in case you have some fungals that are attached to the plant as well.
0: Okay, and one of the succulents um you know it's that one that kind of um it comes out from the center with a um you know rows and rows and rows of pointy tips, yep, and this one it sent out a shoot, it's probably about six inches tall, maybe, but it never flowered, yeah,
1: so that, that could be, some of them will do that, and some of them will just, just send up a, a spike and not flower. And so, but it, a lot of times that could be, have you, have you ever fertilized those succulents at all during the summertime?
0: I don't think we ever fertilize yeah.
1: them. Yeah. So one thing your your, your, your soils probably use up all its nutrients now. Okay. So get yourself a cactus fertilizer for those succ- succulents. And, and that'll work perfectly, or use the alfalfa pellet tea as well. Uh, you could use that as, for, for them, as, and just to bring up those nutrients for the plant, and the plant will do a lot better. And, uh, okay. It'll, okay?
0: and then just fertilize it all winter, as it says. Yeah,
1: but once, once a month, uh, that's all you need to do with the succulents. All right, thank okay. you very much. You're welcome. Have a th- happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too, thanks. Okay, that brings us to the end of this segment. Uh, we'll join us here in the next segment. Here, I'm Rick Van Davendijk, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning, Saskatchewan. This beautiful Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you're enjoying your time, in whether you're out in your yard and or just going for a walk, or just enjoying a time sitting around, enjoying time with this Thanksgiving with the family. So if you'd like to join me and give me a call at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. 332 8255 That's one eight 332 We're going to go right to the callers here right now. we got Shelly here in Saskatoon. Good morning, Shelly. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>
2: Happy Thanksgiving to you, too, Rick and the radio guys. I have a question about a sandbox. I have a fairly significantly sized sandbox that's no longer needing to be used by children. Yes. But um, weeds have come and gone from it as I've dug them over the past five years, and now I'm very tired of that. And I'm thinking I could make it into a garden, but I don't know how to go from sand to good soil without those weeds coming up and through it.
1: Yeah, so... um I mean you with a garden you're never going to get away from weeds okay so if anybody no. tells you you can get away from weeds that they're they're telling you a, a big fib okay so
2: Yeah yeah
1: and so but otherwise um gardening in sand is is okay i mean you can garden right into the sand with make some compost right into it if you want or you can remove the sand and then replace it with some good uh good uh, like a triple mix type of a topsoil okay okay which is which is a basically a manure Peat moss and 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 topsoil, or just a compost topsoil mix. Uh, so there's two ways you can do that. One is you can, like I said, I, I grew it in in my garden. It was pure sand when I was pretty much in, and and I just put lots of compost and and th- those kind of things in manure and those kind of things in, right into my in the sand. And so it was, it was really like a sandbox. And so yeah. I grew a great garden into into those those kind of things. You just got to watch because it does tend to dry out a little bit quicker. And that's why you just need to, uh, if you want, you can always mulch between the rows if you want, and then that'll help keep the moisture there and keep the weeds down as well.
2: Okay. Okay. So, and, okay, and it doesn't matter whether I try to start that now or just wait and start in
1: spring. Well, uh, you, if you want to get it prepared, now is a great time to prepare because usually spring, we're in a hurry to get the garden in, right? <laughs> so if you have time, now's the, the best time is the, is the present, right? So okay. uh, if you want to get ready this fall and then it's all, all ready to go for next spring or you can do it next spring as well. But uh, right now, it's a great time to do it. Okay, thanks ha- so much. Happy Thanksgiving. Okay, we have here, we have uh, Edna in Saskatoon. Good morning, Edna.
2: Hi, uh, good morning. Um, I'm planting uh, a bunch of uh, tulips and and different kinds of bulbs now. Yes. And I'm also digging up uh, another section with a bunch of lily bulbs. Yes. I'm wondering if I should fertilize with... Uh, The alfalfa
1: pellets now. Yep, you can do that. Actually, I put in alfalfa pellets right in amongst the plants if you want. Okay, the bulbs. With the bulbs. Yeah. Or what you can do is is I like to put a little bit of soil against the against the bulb itself, and then put the alfalfa pellets so the pellets aren't actually touching the the bulbs themselves. Okay. Put the, the alfalfa pellets on top or underneath. Well, just uh, either, uh, but just close by, but not right touching the bulbs. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Or you can just use some bone meal too. To sprinkle some bone meal in I the holes. I
2: have both, so yeah. yeah. So
1: either one you can use. That worked perfect, and now is a great time uh, to move those lily bulbs and, uh, or other than planting the tulips, there's lots of time. The ground's still warm, and they'll still uh, do really great. For the lily bulbs, I would suggest for the first winter is just mulch them with some peat moss or leaves or something like that for the first winter, and then after that you don't have to do it again.
2: Oh, great! Okay, yeah, that's wonderful.
1: Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving.
2: Thanks.
1: And we got Heather in Saskatoon. Good morning, Heather.
2: Hello there. Hello. Hi, I'm just wondering, Rick, with hydrangeas, are you supposed to cut the blooms back in the fall or just leave it until the spring?
1: That's a good question because hydrangeas need to be pruned back every year to get them to bloom better for you, okay? Okay. But I like leaving the hydrangeas, I like just cutting the flowers off. Once they turn, once the frost hits them, they turn all brown, right? Because right now they're still look most, a lot of them are still looking pretty good in a lot of areas. And so just leave them, and once the heads turn all brown, just cut the heads off so that the snow doesn't pile on top of the heads and fold the plant down, okay? Just take some of the weight off. And then otherwise, then leave the stems up there to catch more snow, And then in the spring, okay, after the snow disappears, so in April, then cut them back one third to one half, and then you'll get, and then start fertilizing next May, about about Mother's Day, and you'll have, you'll get twice as many blooms. You'll just get an amazing amount of more blooms if you do it that way.
2: Okay, so when you're cutting one third to one half, is it only, is it the entire plant, or is it only where the blooms are?
1: Entire plant, just shape it, just give it a shaping, and cut it back one third to one half, and it'll, they'll do great.
2: Great. Thank you
1: so much. Have Happy a great Thanksgiving. Day. Same thing. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, another question I have on the text line here right now. I have here from uh, Monica in Saskatoon. What's the best way to overwin, overwinter begonia bulbs when they should be brought in? Uh, begonia bulbs can be Basically, once they, once the top is frozen down without, you don't want the bulb to freeze in the pot, okay? If you have them in a pot or in the ground, uh, you don't want the bulb to freeze, but the top is okay to freeze because then the energy goes down. If they have it and you want to bring them in now, so both your dahlias, your begonias, your canna, callalilies, um, your glads, all those kind of things you can dig them up right now if they're still green. Just leave the top attached to them and just put them out on a piece of paper and let them dry down so that the top goes brown and the energy goes back into the bulb. Once the top is totally dried down, then you can cut it off of the bulb and then you can put that bulb in. I like just in a paper bag, or if you want, in with a little bit of peat moss or sawdust, anything like that with just a hint. I mean, a very little hint of moisture. And if you want to put some bulb dust, that'll just keep them from getting any fungals or rotting in there. And just store them in a a cool, dry place. And then they'll be great. And you can, begonias, you can get, take them back up again, uh, in, in basically in January, beginning of February. And then you can start growing them again for the next year. So we have here, we'll take, we got Les here uh, from Saskatoon. Good morning, Les. Good morning,
0: Mr. Van Davendijk. Happy Thanksgiving to you.
1: Happy Thanksgiving to you, too.
0: i got a question for you. Yes. We have a dried out slough bed. Yes. In between my place and my neighbor's place. Yep. And both of us were talking about putting a garden into it.
1: Like that's that's pretty risky because if you get a wet year, it's not it's going to be an underwater water garden. So
0: <laughs> right, but we wouldn't do it till next spring till we know what kind of water table is going to yeah. be in there. Right, if
1: you want to do it, it's going to be it's still going to be fairly uh, in that slough bed. You'll find it's going to be a bit of a clay type of soil, so you'll have to work it up and put some aeration into that soil. Okay, you can do it. Okay. But, uh, like I said, you gotta be worrying about the type of year it's gonna be, how much snow you're gonna get, it's gonna fill up, but you can. But I would use some bark mulch, or I'd use some gypsum, something, to, and compost, something to break up that soil a little bit. Otherwise, it'll just go rock hard on you. And then yeah. your garden won't do very well.
0: Yeah. So rotor till it and rotor till in, uh, Yep. Just some mulchy type stuff.
1: Mulchy stuff. Get some sticks in there to break up that clay, clay pan and that, and then they'll do really well. I mean, there's lots of farmers in the, in the years where they can get into sloughs. They like to see the sloughs because they usually do pretty well. So, yep. okay. All right. Thanks, Rick. Happy Thanksgiving. So, we have here, uh, this, this is the Thanksgiving weekend. So, remember to get out into the yard. You can do a lot of enjoying. You can get out there and rake up the leaves. Put all those leaves in a, in a bag and save them. And then you can use them in case we don't get any snow to cover up a lot of those plants. But, so you're listening to Rick, I'm Rick Mandamnik. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CGAME. We we'll see you next week.